Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. This is the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. Star Nick, TJ, and The Rook. Our shows are for the average sports fan who likes drinking, talking sports, and talking shit. We cover all sports from the MLB to the NHL and everything in between, as well as review movies and discuss pop culture. Dude, he wouldn't be in the NFL if he couldn't play at this level, all right? You get this, good day. I can't believe you just said that. It was the stupidest thing I've heard you say in weeks. All right, see, he can never play at this level. That was I never heard. Ruining the magic. That's a, it's a, it's a really interesting point. Uh, we all know of shady underground places that give massages and happy endings. And does it not seem to out of the realm of possibility? <laughs> it's an embarrassment. I think fans are tired. Um... Yeah, we put the clown show organization. Guess what, Joe? It is still a man sport. This is still hockey. Step the fuck up. <laughs> He's looking. I don't know why, but he looked at me. I'm looking at you. Looking at me. He goes. <laughs> He's trying to eat it real low key. Join us on BellyUp.tv on Tuesdays at 7:30 p.m. for our movie reviews, and on Saturdays at 7 p.m. for our standard sports talk show. Oh yeah. <laughs> my bad that's that's so matt's matt's doing the control board right now and that's normally our advertisement that we have going um i just like hearing this music so i'm gonna play it anyway Now the show could start. It's now Wednesday, it's 9.09, and it's time to party. With us, it's me, Nick, the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast, and this week I've got some special guests. Um, I'm without TJ and Anthony this uh, this evening uh, for a very, very good reason. Uh, TJ's on vacation. Have fun, TJ. Shocker. And Anthony is welcoming a new addition to his family. Welcome Ooh. to the world, Olivia. Ooh. So congratulations to Anthony and Brandy. Uh, I hope you guys, I hope, I hope Brandy, you're feeling better. Way to go, champ. Olivia, welcome to the world. Very exciting stuff. And, and with me, I've got Matt from the uh, Wrestling Addicts show. And from uh, Third Period Bourbon, 
I've got Dave from Third Period Bowman drinking that sure. summer shandy. Letting us know what time of year it is. Yes, sir. But I'm excited about tonight's show. I love having Dave on the show because it reminds me of hockey season, and I love hockey season. Mm-hmm. It's right around the corner. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. I love having Matt on the show. Matt, I've been wa- we've, been, we've been watching WWE biography lately. Yes, we have. And I watched Edges today, and I got to say, it was pretty damn good. And I, and I need to watch it. I his wife looks it. like she could take a punch, man. I tell you. Oh, Beth Phoenix, she could definitely take a punch. No, she I'm just take one like, or throw one. Not, not not wrestling. I mean, like she's got a really square jaw. Bro, she's like if I had to describe her face type, it would be trapezoid. <laughs> that's that's probably pretty. She's pretty a beautiful accurate. woman. Don't get me wrong, but her face is like this. Like, oh, you looks like home plate. You love the glamazon. <laughs> I do. Her face, but her her head is structured like home plate. Yeah, it is. That is true. You love the Amazons, home. though. You love the Amazons. I do. I like a woman that can carry me home after I'm too drunk to walk myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Isn't that she what we all just, want? Like, scoop me up. Come with me, little one. You're Death by Snoo Snoo, I'm all about it. I love it. I love it. But uh, speaking of home plate, Subway Series was the last two days. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's lost its flavor. It really has. Um we talked about it a few weeks ago. I'll talk about it with you guys. And uh, Dave, you're a Mets fan, right? Absolutely. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I feel like when I was a kid, you know what it is? It's, it's the nostalgia of interleague play not being a thing. Like, for those of you who are younger who don't realize this, when I was a kid, there was no interleague play. The only chance the Yankees had for playing the Mets in the regular season or any, any part during a game that mattered was if they had met in the World Series – and up until 2000, that had never happened. Like the Mets had been to what four World Series in their existence between 1962 and, and 1999. Um, and they had won two of them, but they never come across the Yankees. It, it wasn't like back in the day when the Dodgers and the Giants met the Yankees in the World Series pretty regularly. And of course, the Giants and the Dodgers were in the same league. So they played each other all the time. But when we were kids up until about 1995, the Yankees never played the Mets ever. They played a lot of exhibition games because they always had the, the mayor's cup or whatever it was called, um, which is the subway series tr- championship trophy. Uh, but that was an exhibition. It didn't count. It was just something they they did either during the all-star break or before the season started. So I, I gotta be honest, especially now, like, I guess it was the same back then, but like, how can we really declare a winner if they split four games? Like, if they play an even amount of games, how do you declare who won? Your thoughts, guys? I'll let um, Dave go ahead. I want you to you can start it off. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty upset when they split the series because I mean, growing up a Mets fan, it's always a good feel because you grow up around Yankee fans and a lot of people around the like just across the nation with MLB fans. They don't understand that that it's not a team rivalry. It's a fan rivalry, and it always will be. And growing up around Yankee fans, you know, they're always saying, you know what Mets stands for, my entire team sucks, and stuff like that. They're always going to they're always gonna pick on you. And so it Wait, always feels good. Ah. <laughs> anyway, um, and, you know, splitting the series is kind of disappointing because the Mets came out really hot in that first series, and they looked really good. And this series, you know, they slowed down a little bit and it was, it was honestly, those two games were kind of weird to me. It was just a lot of weird stuff happening. And I, I, I get what you're saying where it's lost its flavor because 
you got all these you got all these young kids who are growing up with social media and everything and they're getting all their news from that and back in the day you like it was just like you went to school with Mets and Yankees fans and you saw how much kids cared about sports just through watching Sports Center, watching SNY, watching Yes Network and stuff like that and the, I mean the whole two game series I don't really agree with that to begin with especially just because it doesn't give each team, I think, a good enough chance to actually win that series, whether it's interleague or not. But I don't know. It was a it was a kind of a weird Subway Series this year. But um, I I actually would enjoy another Subway Series World Series. I think it would be a little bit different than two thousand. Not saying not declaring a winner, but I think this Mets team has what it takes to go deep into the playoffs and into the World Series. Not if Scherzer pitches like he did on t- on Tuesday. Yeah, that was awful. Or what? Excuse me, Monday. That was awful because, I mean, that's the difference too. Is like, Degrom has a bad game and he gives up two runs, and then Scherzer just starts. He has a bad game. He, I mean, it was his worst game of the year, and it was the only noticeable one that you can really. Your team, listen. Your team should be able to score five runs. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. Four, four runs from from anybody on your pitching staff. Four runs for a game. You should be able to win that game. There's, if there's you're, no, you're a good team. Yeah, and there's no doubt in my mind that I like I I can't see any other team. And I'm saying this as a Mets fan in the MLB that's worse at leaving runners on base than the Mets. Oh, the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> the, Yan- the Yankees would be there number one. We it's, just did, we just did it for you. It's uh, it, it's it's heartbreaking because <laughs> it it almost like it takes that. Ex- I mean, because let's be real, we're all hockey fans here. It's the most hockey's the most exciting sport any man could watch. That's not true. You have to watch Legends Football League. I just got into hockey because, you know, they were doing the podcast. And I would watch hockey. That's what it was. He was watching us and seeing how hype we were getting and how hype fans were getting, like watching our post game. Right. We 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 were getting some hype Ranger fans, and he was like, Wow, what is it all about? He was like that episode of the Fresh Prince when they go to uh to Vegas and they're talking to Wayne Newton and they're just like they're having all the fun, and he was like, "I got to get on this, man." Yeah, um, and it's it, it, it's I I enjoy it. I agree. It's it's high it's high speed. There's action happening all the time. You constantly have to pay attention to where baseball. It's like oh, you could like walk away for a little bit, not really focus on the game. That's, that's the great part. There's time to drink. No, and, there, yeah, there's a you, lot you of time. To to drink, get, you can actually true. get a beer during a baseball game. You could. You, you know what? That is true, and. I think for me, the the Subway Series when I was younger, you know, it was always in the summer. It was in July, usually end of July, or usually around my birthday. So I would always be excited because it never happened. Interleague very rarely happened. And if it did, it was a big deal. So like that three-game set at Shea and then three-game set at Yankee Stadium for me was super exciting. You know, you, you watched – you paid attention because then, you know, there was no Twitter or Facebook to brag or talk shit. You you did it in school, you know, that Monday. Exactly. And, you know, you would rag on your friends if they were Met fans, you know, and the Met, Met fans would rag on the Yankee fans. But now it's two days. And not even that it's a two-game set in each stadium. It's in the middle of the week. It's on like a Tuesday or like a Wednesday. I get it. You know, it's like, What's it's that like the WWE. <laughs> exactly you know and it's like no matter when they play 
people will go and see them and there'll be sellouts. So why waste it on the weekend when you could do it during the week? And and that's where baseball just becomes business. And it's not a game. It's not for the fans. It's for the owners well, and all that other shit. With that being said, I think I think that was part of the reason that it was better when we were kids because George Steinbrenner was a complete ass about it. And that kind of added that little element. Like Steve Cohen, he's, he's a little bit braggadocious, a little bit, you know, he's, but he's not as bad as Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner's bad. Or was he was bad as opposed to his son that doesn't really give a shit about baseball. He only cares about dividends and and profit margins and shit like that. And like, I'll never forget George Steinbrenner walking into Shea Stadium, looking at the visitors clubhouse and going, this furniture sucks ass and bringing all of the Yankees furniture over from Yankee Stadium. And then somebody from the Mets going in and flooding their clubhouse on purpose because they were insulted that that Steinbrenner didn't like their their furniture. Like that's that's legit like. That's not even like the players don't like each other. That's like management is like, yo, fuck your team over there. Like, that's big. Like, <laughs> yeah. you knew, like, George Steinbrenner, when the Yankees played the Mets, George Steinbrenner was like Uday Hussein, that if his soccer team lost, he would murder them. Like, that was George Steinbrenner with the Yankees. Losing to the Mets was like a hell-worthy trespass. If you lost to the Mets, you were going to lose your job that day. And the players played harder knowing that was a thing. And the thing Now is- it's like, Oh, we just played the Mets so what? We're concentrated on the playoffs. They don't give a shit about playing the Mets. They don't care who they're playing. And the thing is, is um, only New Yorkers understand that rivalry. That doesn't happen anywhere else. You know what? Honestly, I feel like all the rivalries are kind of dead. Like Even when the Yankees play Boston, I don't feel like – I used to feel like when I was a kid, there would be a fight at any moment. I I mean, my dad – It could probably be the same for the Phillies. My dad tells me stories about him going to Yankees-Red Sox games like in the early 80s late 70s and it was he said it was just a free-for-all and it was just an all it was all out mayhem and no, but i just i just feel like yeah but see but i'm not talking about with fans i'm talking about with players mm. I, I feel like there's nobody on this yankee or red sox team would that would try to throw a punch simply because they feel like they could be playing for the other team at any moment no i don't think there's a lot of baseball players like that left to begin with I mean, there are. What's his name? Is constantly trying to fight people. The pitcher from the, uh, what's his name? <sighs> the struggle. He's a he's a uh, uh, Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett's trying to fight oh, somebody. Yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. and, and so <laughs> is uh, and so is uh, what's his name? Amir uh, Garrett just got suspended for flipping off fans. I think did he like really three game suspension? Yeah, it got reduced to two. But that guy, uh, just, he's fiery. He's angry. You need that. He's like that. Uh, same, same thing with uh, the shortstop from the White Sox. Oh, yeah. I, I forget his name right now. Don't Zachy? say it. It's like yeah. that guy. God damn it. I said don't say it. He's like that guy. Uh, remember that uh, the guy that was playing for Boston and he flipped off the crowd? I don't remember uh, who flipped off the crowd. Was, it was hockey. He was playing for the Bruins. Oh, oh, I, I thought you were talking about in baseball. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like no, Apple Bob? He was a Bruin and he, and he skated by the crowd and flipped them all off. I don't recall that. But uh, that was a great why can't I, I have his face in my head. I just can't recall his name right now. It's driving me crazy. Uh, Tim, Tim Anderson. Anderson. Wow. Tim Anderson. Like yeah. Tim, like Tim Anderson. Same, same deal. Just like always yeah. starting a fight with somebody. Actually, you know what? Josh Donaldson, another another douchebag playing baseball. But again, yeah, like but- back in the day, the players didn't get into fights because they were dickheads. They got into fights because it was fire and passion, and they cared. Yeah. Guys like Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson and Amir Garrett, they're they're dickheads. So they get into fights because they're assholes, and everybody hates them. Like wow. even I hate Josh Donaldson. Can't stand him. I'm wearing. I'm wearing a fucking Keith Hernandez jersey right now. You want to talk about fights? 
you, yeah. you instantly think of the 86 Mets. Oh my that's God. not fair. Keith, Keith was high. It's not, it's, you can't hold somebody <laughs> hey, accountable. That's, that's, when baseball, high. That's, when, that's when baseball was badass. That's right. That's Everybody was on steroids and Coke. Exactly. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring, Bring, it back. It back. Bring it back. Between the WWE and the MLB, it was fucking wild in America back in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, you could even bring the NFL into into play with that too, with LT. That's true. And and uh, what's his name? Uh, Bill Romanowski. Yeah. Yep. But uh, it was it was an interesting series. Um, I think this year, I mean, they, they split. Both teams played well. It were close close games. But again, I never felt the the fire. Hey, Dad. My dad uh, throwing up the. My my dad uh, my dad's recovering from COVID, so he's doing well. Good. But That's um, good to hear. get well better. I just get well better. Get well soon. <laughs> Speaking of high. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so you know the the um, you got it, Rook. We got you, buddy. Um, Cheers, buddy. <laughs> so um, so yeah. I, one thing I did want to discuss. It's been going around a lot. It's been Glaber Torres's quote unquote baffling play. Um, I'm going to share this so that everybody can see what the hell I'm talking about, and I'm going to stop it at key moments. So that everybody knows exactly what I'm getting at uh, when I. So basically, everybody wants to sit here and say that it's all Glaber's fault. And while I do agree, he shares as much uh, culpability with what happened as anybody else on the team. It's also a lot of other guys on the team's fault. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. uh, If I can get the link going. So, Matt, if you would share that uh, that window. Oh, there we go. Thank you very much. All right. And what we're going to look at here is I'm going to stop at key moments, right? The ball's hit in the gap, okay? That's Glaber Torres. Can you see my cursor? I can, yeah. yes. That's Glaber Torres right there. I'm doing a little telestration. So, if, for those of you listening on radio, Glaber Torres is playing a far pull toward right field about four steps into the outfield. Uh, Isaiah Kainafalefa, he's playing to the left of second base where the shortstop normally would with a lefty batting. The ball's hit into the gap, okay? As somebody who played baseball my entire life, and I've played center field, second base, and catcher, the catcher is the person that calls out the play. The reason being is he can see the entire field of play to include the runners. If you look, the second baseman and the shortstop have no eyes on this runner here and Pete Alonzo, who's in this area, somewhere beyond that area. So they have no idea where the runners are. So the catcher can see everybody, and generally he's not in the play because the ball is being hit to the outfield. So he can call the play on the field, right? Kind of like a safety or a middle linebacker calling a play. You don't let your defensive tackle call the play. You have your guys behind him, usually a linebacker or a safety, make that call, okay? So the catcher, the ball's in the air. He sees that it's not going to be fielded cleanly. It's going to bounce. It's going to be a hit. He should know what the play is just based off where the runners are, right? So we keep going, right? The ball's hit to the the wall, right? This is probably 380-something feet. Just so everybody's tracking, second base is 127 feet away from home plate. If this is 385, then second base is about 160 feet away from this wall. Maybe maybe 170 feet from this wall, right? My math is right. Maybe a little bit more. 
So Judge fields it. He's a strong fielding, a strong throwing fielder, right? Alonzo falls. The second baseman, Torres, and the shortstop, IKF, cannot see Alonzo fall. Why? Their backs are to him because they're fielding the ball. So, stupid question. One, why is IKF here? The ball's hit to right field, right? The second baseman is cut off to second base. So, the play is to second base because it's a double. It hit the wall. It's a double, right? Like, very simply, it's a double. The ball hit the wall. It's a double. So, who should be covering second base? If the second baseman is the cutoff, probably the shortstop. The shortstop. So what the hell is he doing here? He's looking for his batting average because he's been absolutely fucking terrible. IKF. All right. So <laughs> furthermore, right? Furthermore, if there is a play at the plate, who should be calling for it? Oh, the catcher. catcher. I didn't hear anybody say four. I didn't hear anybody like when I played catcher. They used to do drills like this all the time in school. The catcher lines up the cutoff person. If you're going to do a play at the plate, first of all, the, sh- the first baseman is the cutoff for a play at the plate. Because the ball got hit to the wall, right? There is no play at the plate. The guy fell down, then you're directing traffic at that point. All right? Nobody's communicating, right? The shortstop's out of position, and they basically left, right? Because you got to figure if Al- – where was Alonzo when that ball was hit? Uh, he was a – he was a – he was a uh, – I think second. Let's see. He's at first, right? No, he's at first. He's at first. Wow. So if the ball gets hit to the gap when Glaber fields it, where is he going with the ball immediately? It's presumed immediately that Alonzo's at third base. When he turns around and he sees the guy rounding second, the play's at second base as far as he doesn't realize that Alonzo's not moving. He doesn't know that Alonzo fell. He doesn't know any of that. And they basically and leave Glaber so out to dry. Granted, Glaber is is completely wrong for how he fields that ball, right? He is, 100%. He's wrong. But at the same time, where are his teammates helping him? Like, I think everybody in all of Yankee fandom realizes that Glaber Torres is not a plus fielder. So the catcher leaves him out to dry by not calling the play as the ball lands, because he should be. The shortstop, I don't know what he's doing on that side of the bag. He has no business on the right side of that base. Like, no business at all. Like, the first baseman is the backup on that play. The shortstop covers second base. I saw somebody on Facebook go, why wasn't Rizzo covering second base? I said, why would Rizzo cover second base? They go, for the double cut. I said, in what world in Major League Baseball do you double cut to second base? I was like, center field at Yankee Stadium is, uh, let me think, 200 and... uh, 201 feet away from second base. I'm fairly certain Aaron Judge can throw 201 feet by himself on the fly. Yeah. Like, why would you need three fielders to throw the ball 300 feet at most? You don't. Especially, I just especially with Judge's arm, you don't. You don't need three people. There's there's a profound misunderstanding about how to field that play. That play, like people don't understand in baseball as in many sports, the play is called before the play actually happens. Like you know. Before the ball gets pitched, in your brain, you're supposed to be going, what do I do if the ball gets hit to me? Yeah. Like, that's – that's. I've played center field. If the ball's in front of me, this is what I'm doing. If the ball's behind me, this is what I'm doing. The second baseman and the shortstop think the exact same thing. The play's already written before you even get there. It's just that everybody else did the wrong thing and Glaber had no reaction to it. He was probably sitting there going, what the fuck is IKF doing behind me? <laughs> yeah, right? So don't get me wrong. Um, I absolutely love 
like as a Mets fan, when Gary Cohn and the SNY announcers get on the Yankees about something, don't get me wrong. I love it because I'm like, I love it because I'm a homer. That's why we all, everyone here loves Sam Rosen. Nothing wrong being a homer. Yeah, exactly. But the way they reacted to that play and getting on Gleyber Torres about a so-called, because they they kept saying, like, what a mistake, what a mistake. The first thing I thought was that he was completely left out to dry. No one else was in position either. No one. So As soon as Alonzo fell, I would have been screaming four, 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 or three. The play, yeah. I would, nobody should be saying two. Like, and then when they, when they did the uh, the aerial view, everyone looked confused. They didn't know what to do. And the only one who tried to make the play was Torres. He was the only one with the ball. And he couldn't give it to anybody else because nobody exactly. else had anything. No one had no, any idea what was going on. So the fact that they're putting it all on Glaber Torres is absolutely ridiculous. Because did he field it? Not in the best way? Absolutely. But... He tried to fix his mistake, and no one else tried to help him fix the mistake. And- I, I feel like he fielded it bad because no one else knew what was happening. Like, you know, if you have people even pointing at four, maybe he didn't see. Obviously, his back was toward uh, Alonzo. He didn't see that he fell. So, like, it's so hard to, in the, in the moment, even as an athlete probably, to react that way, to make the right play, especially when there's no help. And then, like, Nick, you've played baseball your entire life. So you understand that Glaber didn't do the right thing, but it wasn't solely on him. When you scroll on Twitter and you see all these Yankee – I call them Yankee fans because they're not baseball fans. Like, I'm a Yankees fan who knows baseball. These people are just Yankee fans. And, like, Glaber's not the best shortstop. He's also not the best second baseman, but he's good at second base. He's valuable to us, I believe. And just to get on him as soon as that happened, to me, it's like, you know, at one point in time, Glaber wasn't an everyday player and he led second baseman in home runs. So, like, he has the bat and he could, you know, he could feel the right way. He could, He's a good fielder, I think. But just like the negativity that always comes on to him, I think is ridiculous. And this wasn't his fault. And they won the game. So I guess no harm, no foul, really. But, you know, you can't do that in the playoffs. I, if I'm Boone, I'm getting the whole infield in for drills to figure out how this happened, to avoid it next time, because it's inexcusable how it happened, but it's understandable. Absolutely. Uh, You, you know, it's funny. You talk about practice right the flip play which is a very famous play in yankee lore they said they practiced that they they said they practiced that sure as hell didn't look like it i don't know and and you know what if they did practice it everybody was in the right spot yeah yeah pure muscle memory every if they practiced that which i highly doubt they did when they practiced it they probably did it like twice on a joke because somebody was making fun of somebody for not being able to make the throw home and Jeter was messing with them. And he's like, Oh, I'll help you. Don't worry about it. I don't believe anybody ever actually, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? But that's the whole point of practice. And the problem is they get to the show and nobody does infield outfield anymore. Like they find it to be embarrassing that they have to do infield outfield. Yeah. But in that instance, judge throws it to his cutoff man, the second baseman, the shortstop's not in position. The catcher's not lining up his cutoff because the really on a plate to the plate, the first baseman is the cutoff. You don't throw home from the outfield wall. 
You don't. You throw to second base, and then when you get to second base, he goes, oh, shit, and makes the play at the plate. That's what you do. Yeah. But you don't throw home from the outfield wall. You, you just don't. There's only like two people, three people that can pull that off. Roberto Clemente, he's dead, so he ain't doing it. Ichiro Suzuki. And Vlad. And Vlad. That's it. Those three guys. Vlad. Nowadays, I think I think Harris could on the Braves. I think he could pull it off. He's got that's possible. He's it's got possible. He does have a case. Even Judge. Judge can can throw 90 miles an hour from the outfield wall, too. But but he, he still doesn't have that gun like like Vlad. Vlad was amazing. Ichiro was incredible. Roberto Clemente, I've actually seen replays of Clemente throwing the ball from the warning track to home plate in the World Series and getting and and getting the runner. Like I've seen wild shit like that. But point being is all these Yankee fans hating on Glaber for that play. He's only the bad guy because he lost the game of hot potato. That's the only yes. reason he's the bad guy. He got caught with the baseball because everybody else was sitting there with their dick in the hand, not doing anything. Because Higgy should have been screaming four, four, four. Like there should have never been a question mark in his brain as to where he was going with that ball before he received the ball. The problem is nobody told him what to do before he got the ball. And then by the time he got the ball, still everybody was looking at each other like, what do we do now? I, I still can't figure out what the hell IKF is doing over there. <laughs> I, really, I, think- I really can't. That's the bigger question. Not what Glaber was doing. What was IK? What was IKF doing? Because he was out of position. Completely. He he abandoned the base on that play. The shortstop's not the cutoff. He's not on a play to second base because the play was the second base. It was it was a surrendered double, like a give up double. Like oh, I hit the wall. That's a double. There are certain standards in baseball. If the ball hits the wall, it's a double. Like the average runner, it's not Vogelback running a fucking second base. Average speed runner, it's a double. That's it. So the place yeah. to second base, why would IKF go anywhere else? It just doesn't make sense. Nick, it, you, like, know what's, you know what's funny? Uh, and going off of what Matt was saying before about all these all these Yankee fans that I saw on Twitter that were hating on Glaber about that, if you click on any single one of their profiles, all of their locations are not New York. You're probably I right. Just, I just want to make that clear. Or nowhere remotely close to the tri-state area. Bitters, bitter Cub fans that are mad that Glaber's not with them anymore. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Even the Yankee fans that are on there, they, like, they, they're the people that, that wear Yankee hats as a fashion statement. They're not watching every single game like, like everyone else, like, like us. We're, we're, where we're looking, the one thing we're looking forward to when we come home from work is watching the game. Yeah, I, um, but moving on from this, that stupid play, I just wanted to clarify that for anybody who's never played baseball before, Glaber Torres got hung out to drive by the rest of his team. And while he did make a mistake, he did not make that mistake alone. Uh, basically, he ran the wrong route because the quarterback didn't call a play. It's the that, same thing. It's the same thing in hockey when you, when you leave a guy out to dry on a three on one or a two on one. And yep. then that guy gets blamed if he makes the wrong decision. Now, yeah. You get you get caught on a breakaway, two on one, and the goalie is the one that looks like an asshole because he gave up a goal. Yep, it's the and the defenseman gets to walk away like oh, I don't know, and the it's casual the hockey fan will sit there and be like, "Oh, that fucking goalie sucks." When when everybody that watches hockey is like, "No, his defenseman fucking crapped out on him. He misplayed the ever, fucking crease and fucking lost it between the circles." If anyone ever says it about Igor, I'm losing my mind. If they ever bring up the, <laughs> the first first couple games of the Pittsburgh series again. Because, by the way, I know this is off topic. 
if any Pittsburgh fans are listening and and it happens to be one of the people that are still bitching about it on Twitter, you, you, have, you have a sad existence. I'm sorry. That series is long gone, buddy. It's over. And so, and so is your whole franchise. You're running, <laughs> you're running a retirement home. But uh, moving on from that play in the Subway series, uh, playoffs coming back soon. The Yankees got a couple of players coming back from the injured list. Uh, today, Zach Britton started his rehab assignment down in single A. Giancarlo Stanton should be joining the Yankees tomorrow out in Oakland. Uh, can you explain? I, I didn't catch why DeGrom didn't make the start yesterday. Um. So what? Uh, based on what I read, is there – they're they're so called playing it safe with the pitching rotation. I don't. There was nothing said about him being in pain or anything like that. I think they're. I honestly do believe that they are saving him for the playoffs because the Mets haven't had a clear spot in the playoffs in a long time. And I think this is the year that they finally say like, okay, it's it's looking like no matter what, we're going to be in the playoffs, whether we win the division or not, and we will. You Braves fans. Just letting you know. And so I think it's based on that. And I think they're going to give Scherzer more of the top guy role in the regular season. Because, okay. I mean, he had that. He obviously had that as soon as he came back before DeGrom did. There's no doubt about that. But I think they're finally, like, solidifying him as the top guy in the playoffs. And then once the playoffs comes, you're going to you're gonna see most likely, I'd say, if it's not a one-two-three rotation, it's a one-two-three-four rotation with uh, including Bassett. Because I think Taewon Walker should definitely start over Bassett. But yeah, I think it's just based. On, I think it's just based on playoff preparation. To be completely honest. Okay. Um... Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollars cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino-style games to choose from. You too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Is there anybody coming back from the Mets that you're looking forward to? That's on the, uh, that's on the, uh, uh well, I'm really missing I Dior maybe because he's one of the best defensive third basemen in the league. He just went right. Well, well, yeah, well you got Brady up though. He went, we lost, we lost cookie Carrasco. I don't I haven't heard anything about when he's coming back. I think he's, 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 he's going to be a key guy in the playoffs just because we do have that depth for starting pitchers. We don't have anything in the bullpen besides Diaz. I'm not impressed with any of our relief pitchers at all. And Diaz is a stud. He <clears throat> nice bounce bounce back here. I had him last year in in fantasy, and he just wasn't wasn't himself. And he's this year, he's lights out. Unbelievable! It, it, it's insane. It's insane. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, because I, I know a lot of Mets fans that say like 
like Mariona Rivera who and I'm like don't even do that come on man and it's you you can't he's having he's having a good year don't get me wrong but that that would be like us Ranger fans like with with the season that Igor had saying Marty Rodor who like you're 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 putting disrespect on a on a legendary name that was consistent throughout his entire career as the best and yeah but when he steps on the mound as a Met fan you feel safe you feel like how did uh how did you like the Braves playing his closer music after uh after that I'm, home run I'm I'm too old to care about that I can't believe there's grown adults that actually care about a song <laughs> I mean, that song, absolutely. Like, I play it in my car after the Mets win, and I'm driving to work in the morning. And I'm like, oh, let's go. And as the as the kids say, it slaps. Yeah, it slaps. Yeah. <laughs> it slaps. That's great. And, but these, it's, there's so many more, like, in, in the sports world, at least, there's so many more Karens that you see on, in these, in these feeds and these threads on Twitter and Facebook. And it's just like, how do you have time to get mad at stuff like this? Yeah, it's you know what it's a little mind games too. Like I don't, I wouldn't take offense to it. You know, like if I mean they're doing I, it to get, they're doing it to get in your, to get into fans' heads, and you're letting them do it. Who? who what? What brave? What was it? Was it, it was, Harris? Uh, it was no. uh, what's it? the third baseman? No, it's the catcher. Oh, um, Ramos. No, Contreras. No. Contra- yes, it's it, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about the third baseman Riley, the Austin Riley, when he was just like, "Watch out, Mets, we're coming for you!" And then they proceeded to lose like five games straight. Uh, I mean, for a team that you know, it like the the way the the I guess the swagger they're trying to they're trying to like bring off to everybody. You know, it's not like you you're like a dynasty team. You won one World Series and. You haven't been in first place all year. The like the shit they're talking like like with Strider saying all that shit too. I don't know if any of that was true because I didn't hear it from his mouth. And I know a lot of uh, sports pages on Facebook like to get like to gaslight everything. But new word I just learned recently, by the way. And I, you know, it's just you're. First of all, you're a rookie pitcher, so what are you talking that much shit for? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like are you know arguing with that umpire when you when you're like a rookie batter. Like you need to earn your stripes before. Yeah. Nah, before I disagree. Arguing with the umpire by all means, go right ahead. If he's wrong, he's wrong. That's it. Whether you're a veteran or you're a rookie, a strike is a strike is a strike is a strike. You don't get the benefit of doubt simply because you've been in the league long enough. As like as if being in the league long enough means that you know strikes, but a guy who has it like, oh, you just got here, even though you've been playing baseball since you're six years old, you still haven't figured out what a strike is at this league. I got to agree with Nick because, I mean, it, 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 you guys are probably going to get sick of this, but I, it, I relate everything to hockey. It's just like all those bullshit calls that, like, first of all, the Capo Caco goal that was called off, that's like saying he doesn't have the right to argue with that call. That's or, true. Or the Gensel high stick. And What's Igor, right is right. And and Igor doesn't have the right to argue with him because he's so young. So I it it's like a fifty fifty with me because arguing with the ump is I think a little different than going on on a mic and talking shit about a team that has been in first place over you the entire season. Yeah, that's true. Especially you weren't a part of the championship uh team last year, exactly. right? Exactly. 
So like you really <laughs> you don't like, have a you ring. really you don't have a ring. Anything. You don't have a ring yet, so like these Braves need to stop talking shit and learn how to sign better contracts, if you ask me, because I feel like a lot of these guys are getting housed by the Braves. And maybe if they just worry about, you know, signing a good long-term deal rather than talking shit, they would be in first place and they would be making more money. You know, you know what's going to end up happening right now? First of all, those players are doing just fine. They're not putting up huge superstar numbers, and they're not going to put up superstar numbers. They're actually kind of smart for put for signing now because they're in their early twenties. Uh, Aaron Judge is going to be thirty years old, and he's still not getting a deal. Right, but these guys are signing like you know seven years, eighty six million dollar deals. That's when... more money they would make. That's more right. money than they would make. They I'm they not... would make they would make less than ten ten million dollars a year in arbitration. And they'll make they'll make the league minimum for the first like six years of their career. That's look it. At, like, look at Acuna though. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I could probably look it up real quick. But you know, Acuna's a top, my opinion, a top player in baseball. And he's not like a Mike Trout or you know an Aaron Judge. But when healthy, I think he could do like thirty, a hundred. And you know, he has a shit deal. You know, he doesn't have a good deal. And I get, you know, it's um, – they are making more than the average person. But still, it's more like – it's like, what do you no, do? No, no, not, not like, the average happen? Not the average person. It's because of the way that the minor leagues, the, the rookie deals are set up. Major league teams don't have to hit free – they don't hit free agency for six seasons. They're getting the league minimum. They're getting the league minimum. Six years, wow. For, for at least four years. And then they hit arbitration in year five and six. And they still may only collect ten million dollars those years, so they're making like, I want to say the league minimum is one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year for the first four years of their career playing major league baseball, and they're and they're putting up crazy numbers, and not, not crazy for like com- comparable to what Judge is doing or what Alonzo is doing this year, but crazy for a twenty two year old to be doing. Yeah, I mean, think about what Alonzo did his rookie year, and he was making the league minimum. Yeah, he had fifty three. Right. Fifty-three like, like on that. That, I mean, watching, that was unbelievable. That was a, that was, and I think Judge the year before set the rookie mark, and, and then, then Alonzo, Alonzo shattered in. it. Like yeah, and then Alonzo came in hit fifty-three. It was yeah. That was that was fun to watch, and I I I just recently became like a big baseball fan again, just because my life has always rolled around hockey, and sadly I'm a Giants fan. And I don't know why I still put time into that because it's yeah. it's an embarrassment. Tell me the about uh, it. the league minimum for baseball is half a million dollars, so they're collecting five hundred thousand dollars a year to maintain two homes, uh, be on the road for eight months out of the year, um, while everybody else in their league is making the average of at least four million, and. They're putting up big money. So, I, honestly, these kids on the Braves, if they would have signed a seven-year deal and they're 20 years old, good for them. They're hitting their prime. Because the Yankees, what they're going to do is they're going to hold on to their guys till they're 24 so that they, they hit free agency when they're twenty when they're 30. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. That's what they did to Judge. And people will say, oh, no, he wasn't good enough to make it to the show. Says the Yankees. Do you guys think Judge is staying with the Yankees? No. The predictions. I don't think the Yankees are going to pay him. They're, they're I, poverty. I want to hear some predictions on where he might go because. I, go to San Fran. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's, 
that's kind of where I had my mindset too. Which is nice because he'll have a nice homecoming next season when they play them in the opener because they release the schedule. <laughs> and the Yankees open the season at home against the uh, San Francisco Giants. Yeah, it's. I don't think they're going to – I mean, so either one way or another, Judge will be at opening day at Yankee Stadium next year. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Hal Steinbrenner is going to cry poverty. Uh, by the way, I dropped a stat talking about Hal Steinbrenner. I dropped a stat on Twitter the other day. Um, just, just so that Yankee fans who don't know can, can learn a little something. And, and a lot of people are going to say, well, if it was your money, you would do the same thing on the contrary. I wouldn't because I'm competitive. So I want to win. I'm like George, like if I'm a multi-billion, I'm a firm believer. Like when I see some of these contracts that these guys sign where it's like $300 million, I'm not that fancy of a person. I don't know what the hell I would do. $300 million is a lot of money. Like if I had $11 million, I could probably live comfortably for the rest of my life. Just fine. Like if I just had to pay taxes and that's it, like pay, I pay off my house. I just had to pay taxes, $11 million tax free. I would live fine for the rest of my life. Have a car or two, you know, probably stay in the same house. Like, why do I have to move? Like my house has three bedrooms and two bad, three bathrooms. Like what the, why am I moving? You know, like, I would quit just, my job immediately. I wouldn't even quit. See, that's stupid. Immediately. No, that's I would stupid. quit. No, it's not. I didn't say I wouldn't work. I said I would quit my job. No, and then that's with stupid. With $11 million, I could do something. You don't do that. Do Why? you really love your job right now? No. Okay. <laughs> How sweet would it be for you to just sit there and go to work every day? And then the minute somebody, pick, they know that the minute they tick you off, you're like, you know what? Fuck this place. I quit. Or I just bought the place. <laughs> okay okay all right you know what when you put it that way all right I brother there's like, nothing oh, no, sweeter in life work. than having a job that you could quit at the drop of a dime and everybody in the room knows it and they're all walking on eggshells around you because they're like oh listen if he, he's the linchpin right now he said it he, he set us all up that if he leaves tomorrow we're fucked i like that i mean the one person here who probably knows what my salary is is nick and i could do a lot with 11 million dollars <laughs> You know how many strippers and you know how much strippers and beer he could buy with eleven million dollars? And no strippers. You know how many well, you know how many cars he could get with a twenty percent interest rate he could get with with eleven million dollars? You know how much good bourbon I could get for eleven million dollars? Shout out third period bourbon. Follow me on Twitter. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't think Judge. So here's my stat that I posted yesterday: the Yankees' payroll in 2009, the last time they won the World Series, was two hundred and one million dollars. Adjusted for inflation, the richest slash most valuable team in baseball would have a payroll of roughly $277 million if they maintain that payroll. Right now, it's about two fifty. All right? So that means they've actually saved money in payroll. So they're not competing at the same level that they were at 13 years ago. The you team value in 2009 was $1.5 billion. It's now roughly $6 billion. We are getting robbed as fans, okay? The management is not reinvesting the money made back into the team. Hal Steinbrenner is putting it back in his pocket. We're getting robbed because everybody kept saying, like, oh, we got to keep payroll down. We got to keep any Yankee fan that sits here and talks about how the Yankees can't go over the, the freaking luxury tax. Are you high? Why not? I would love to know why. Like, I really want a valid explanation for why they can't go over the luxury tax threshold. And, and why, as a fan, do you give a shit about that? It's not going to make the tickets or the beers any cheaper. It's not. You, you the think hat is still going to cost forty dollars? Yeah. Listen, listen. No matter who they sign, no matter how much they give Judge, 
you're still going to overpay for food and beer at the stadium. So the luxury tax should not even come out of your mouth. I want them to go over the luxury tax. Give it your I, I want them to go a thousand times over the luxury tax. Oh my well, god! Because you're getting a chip. You're getting a championship out of it. You know you're going to get a championship out of it. And that's going to bring more money in. When you're having three rounds of playoffs in, in the city, the revenue alone from just the games you're going to make money. Then there's merchandise and there's all the other bullshit that you do. It just To me, it doesn't make sense. His stupid-ass kids don't give a shit about the team. All they care is about their bottom dollar. And it's like what I was saying earlier. No matter what, people will go to, to a Yankee game. Almost all Yankee games are either sold out or close to being sold out, no matter what day, no matter what team they're playing. Well, the thing is about that, too, is as a, like as a fan, why do you care about that when there's no salary cap in baseball and the Yankees are the richest team in the MLB? I don't. That's another thing I don't get. It's not your money. I could see if you were concerned, like, oh, but our prices for tickets are going to go up, beers are going to go up, hot dogs are going to But hot dogs are like $7 at the stadium and beers are like 15 Exactly. And so where's that money going? And they're going, oh, but they have to, the cost of running the stadium, the cost of running the stadium has not increased to the point where it justifies the player's salaries going down. Everybody else in the stadium making more money and the owner's value going up. That doesn't make sense. How is the, how is it that 13 years ago, the player's salary was roughly, uh, I think one twelfth of the overall price of the franchise, right? Because the franchise was $1.2 billion. I'm just doing some quick math. Uh, it was it was $1.2 billion uh, 13 years ago. And uh, and the players were making 201 So that's like roughly like one-tenth, one-eleventh of, of what the overall cost of the franchise was the player's salary. Now the players are two fifty, and the franchise is $6 billion. It doesn't correlate. No, it doesn't. Even with the price of doing business, it does not correlate. It, it, everything would go up together with inflation, right? Everything would increase together, right? Uh, there's an episode of The Office where Michael runs the Michael Scott Paper Company where they talk about fixed uh, it, fixed, uh, uh, fixed, fixed, growth variables as opposed to uh, adjusted ones. And adjusted, right? The more business you have, the more cost expense increases right so like if i deliver to 15 people then that means that i'm using x amount of gas if i deliver to 20 i gotta use more gas so my cost costs more money the yankees aren't doing that they're making their six billion dollars worth of value they're doing more business than ever and the players are still getting paid less money than they would have been making 13 years ago now i'm not sitting here saying that uh more money spent on your team guarantees a world series but I will say this, there was never, and I've said it before on the show, there was never a doubt in my mind whether or not George Steinbrenner had an interest in winning the World Series on his mind. And today, Joel Sherman from The Post asked Brian Cashman uh, about, 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 about that very thing uh, with regard to um, the Yankees payroll and whether or not they're concerned about spending money and... Basically, Cashman said, I can't speak on that. They, they, he, they, he deflected. He was like, I can't speak on how much money we can spend. Because it's whatever the luxury tax is, it's under that. That's that's what – and the fans don't want to hear that. Like the real fans that want to see the team, 13 years. 
not only has it been 13 years since they won a World Series, it's been 13 years since they've been there. That's listen, I'm not trying to be like one of those Yankee fans, oh, 27 rings. But like, what the fuck? As a fan, it infuriates me that every single year they're not doing what needs to be done. And I, and and every year there's at least one game change in player available that they could get or that they could trade or, or even if they trade for they don't like to spend money and they want to hold on to their prospects until they become worthless um greg bird no one wanted to move greg bird no one wanted to move all these pitchers that are hurt now well, again they're trying to hold on to these guys till they hit 25 but but they're not using these guys. Is that's the point? Like these no, guys they're, they're in the trying, minors? They're, no, they're trying to leave them in the minors until they hit twenty four years old. Who wants a twenty four year old rookie? Get him. The Yankees 20- do. It's it's terrible. It's they, terrible. no. The Yankees do because if he's a twenty four year old rookie, he's not eligible for free agency till he's thirty one. That's what they did to Judge. And now they're not. And now he's he's gonna walk. I I I feel it. And I'm going to be very upset. You know, like, it upset me what they did to A-Rod six years ago. You know, that whole bullshit. Um, how they forced him to retire. How they disrespected him. You know, if it wasn't for that man, you don't have a championship in 09. So when they no. did that to A-Rod, when he was, what, seven away from 700? Yeah. So, like, you you disrespected him that way, regardless of what happened. As one of my favorite players, I was like, you know what? Fuck this team. I'm upset. You know, uh, I'll get over it, though, but whatever. But if they let Judge go, when it's all, it's all in their control. It's all in their control. Pay the guy. Pay him his money. And the thing is, is Judge has – he's the first guy, like, as far as home run hitters, I've seen that could – potentially put up Barry Bonds numbers for for his career. Nah, I don't think he's got the he's own, like his career will be over by the time he's 38. Maybe maybe not like as far as like career home runs, but I'm talking about season-wise. Okay. Where he's putting up, him hitting 40 I mean, he's on pace for what, races. He's on pace for what? 63 home runs this year? Something like that. Yeah, and and if he walks, I guarantee I this is my prediction for his cuz I base it off of because I can't believe people are still saying Juan Soto is the best player of baseball. There's no doubt it's Aaron Judge. There is no doubt in my mind. Absolutely no doubt. Soto's good. I like He's Soto. Really good. But I'm not taking that away from him, but I, I'm I'm going Judge. Uh, I'm going Judge every single day of the week. Yeah. Because, because first of all, defensively, he's on. I mean, let's not even go defensively. Let's go physically. The dude is a freak. Did you see him? When he was on first base in the first game of the Subway Series next to Alonzo, and Alonzo is huge. Yeah. I can't imagine. I'm pretty sure Alonzo is 40 years old. <laughs> and- like, we always talk about Dominicans and Cubans lying on their birth certificate. Pete Alonzo, looking at his hairline and his chest hair, that guy's got to be at least 38. I mean, he is. A- I think he is Italian. I know he's from Florida, but I think he's Italian. His name's Alonzo. I'm just so, saying. He- he's explain- got to be. I would explain the chest hair. He's got to be at least 38 because he had a beard like the minute he was born. My prediction for Judge, the, the contract he's going to sign, you guys are probably going to think I'm nuts. 12 years, $500 million. Nah. 
I think it's going to be. He's I think not going to play until he's forty-two. I I think he's got some longevity just because of how the just because of the shape he's in. Because a lot of home run hitters, there are there are a lot beefier guys that don't last that long. But I think I think he's an absolute like the definition of a pure athlete, and I I think he'll last that long. But I think it's going to be twelve years around five hundred million dollars. I think it's going to be because of this season, based on the other salaries that have been given out to pitchers. I think he'll get three fifty for eight. I I could see that too. That's I a lot. I think three fifty. I, I I don't think he's gonna. He's gonna retire when he's thirty eight, though. Three fifty over eight years is is almost forty four million dollars a year. I can't see him retiring at thirty eight, though. I can't see his body holding up that long, crashing into walls, running, being tall automatically makes your legs jacked up. Like you're 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 fucked when you're older. That's the thing too. Is like I also wanted. I I really want the Mets to look into signing him because if you have him in a lawn, no, I'm just saying. If you they can have, look, he's never going to sign with them. Uh, I know that, but I I've put it in my head before. If you have him and Alonzo in the same lineup, you get a chance to because Pete Alonzo is only playing. He's playing first base. It's not as taxing as playing center field. And then you put and you already got Nimmo there. If it, and you have a chance to rest uh, to rest Judge as a DH and keep Alonzo at at the first base position. If you put it that way, it makes sense. I know there's a lot more that goes into it, but I think that's what a lot of teams are looking at too, is that if they can find a way to put Aaron Judge as a DH, if they have a strong enough outfield, he'll, I think that that's the reason he's going to play longer. The problem is, though, he's a, he's a borderline gold glover right now. So, like, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's one of your better defenders. Exactly. Because he's not a center fielder. He's a right fielder. But would you rather have him for longevity as a DH or would you rather have him as a gold glover? That's I mean, he can either – I mean, overall, he can play DH when he's done playing the outfield, like like it was intended. Right. Exactly. I mean that that was the whole um, that was the whole point of the DH was to keep aging veterans involved in the game. But we we've been talking baseball a long time. I want to move on to some other topics. Real uh, quick, I'm sorry. Before we move on, you can take the guy off the show, but you can't take. Him the out show of the show, off the, guy. the show, show off, off the guy. I don't know, but we we have some from Anthony. Um, wants to ask Dave a question. He wants to. He goes. This is Anthony the Rook Choice, brand new father of two gorgeous baby girls. Has a question for Dave, and his question is: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dave, not sure if I missed it, but how do you feel about your Mets this year? Championship? NLCS appearance? Playoffs? What's the ceiling? So, playoffs, no doubt, absolutely. Um, champ, let's go, let's just go straight to the championship. We're not going to talk about NLCS, but um, championship. I really thought that uh, this was the team 
But my dad constantly brings up 86 because he's a nostalgic fuck. <laughs> and he's a gentleman. He, yeah, he is a gentleman. And I constantly ask him, does this team remind you all of 86? And he says, absolutely not. Don't ever ask me that again. And oh, wow. <laughs> something in my heart tells me that if the Mets don't have an 86 team, they're not going to win. Well, they outlaw cocaine, so. Oh, yeah, but. I mean, do I do you know what that have- 86 team did in the morning when they woke up? Cocaine. You know what they had for dinner? Cocaine. You know what they had in between breakfast and dinner? Cigarettes. Cocaine. <laughs> they probably had the cigarettes in the dugout. They did a hell of a lot of speed, too. And no, but um, just like basing it off that probably isn't a strong argument, but I think. They have an I definitely think they have a chance to make the World Series this year. But putting them at the highest percentage to win the World Series as a World Series favorite, I don't really see that because of mainly because of their bullpen strength. You got Diaz, I get it, but in between Diaz and your starting pitcher, you got nobody. Yeah, if you look at you look at a lot of teams that win the World Series, the their setup guys, uh, the Jeff Nelsons and Mike Stantons of the world and Ramiro Mendozas of the world. You know that yes. that's those are the guys that do it. They, they're the ones that get it done. And you're and it's going to happen in the playoffs where your pitch where your starting pitcher can't pitch seven innings. And if 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 you're relying on Scherzer and Degrom to go seven innings every time they start, you're not going to win. So unless yeah. uh, like I know the trade deadline's over and everything like that, you they need to address. They're not addressing the problems that they're seeing. And well, we saw what happened last year with Scherzer toward the playoffs where he just got tired. It, it, that's the thing. He's 37 years old. He's going to get tired. I don't. I really don't see him slowing down with the Mets this year because, I mean, he had he's had one bad game all year. The guy's been pretty much lights out every single game. And DeGrom. What was his bad game, Scherzer? What did he? Uh, the game recently, he just walked everybody on a Tuesday night. Monday. Or Monday night, yeah. And he was, it was just walk after walk. And you you kind of saw part of his weakness. But the thing is about his weakness, when he shows weakness, he gets pissed off. You don't see that with a lot of pitchers nowadays, where you just see a fire light in his eyes to just finish the, just, to just finish his start. I'm fairly certain he has a fire lighting in one of his eyes all the time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Monday, and, that was what, the Yankee game? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but kind of like what Nick was saying earlier, you know what? If you give up four runs, you should like you should win the game. You should be able to score five runs. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Especially I I like the Mets, you know. I like McNeil. You know, I like that they called You only um, like McNeil because he's Irish. And he's on my fantasy and he's on my fantasy team. But that helps too. Being Irish always helps. Um I I like the Mets' chances, you know, and talking about Scherzer with that fire, not many other pitchers have that, you know. I mean, you guys, remember, you guys remember in the playoffs when you could read his lips and what he said? Have you guys ever seen that or no? I actually didn't watch the playoffs last year. I forget what the situation was. It was when he played for Washington. I forget what the situation was. But you can read his lips, and he literally says, "You're fucking mine, you bitch, motherfucker." <laughs> wow! 
Wow. All and right. you, you don't see that a lot in any sport nowadays. You don't. You don't. I mean, you might see it in hockey when, like, there's – I saw Anthony – I saw Anthony Rizzo tell uh, tell uh, Lindor to shut the fuck up on Monday. Yeah, yep. That, Don't even talk to me. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah that was great. Said. But that brings me back to like uh, when I was a kid growing up in the early two thousands and watching the Rangers, and someone would and Sean Avery would skate past a microphone and be like "fuck you, motherfucker," and you hear it on live TV. And Sean were, Avery, we love you, Aves. I, I love Sean Avery. Show. We love him, and. You heard, like you heard that as a kid, and it got you excited because you knew they actually cared about the game. Yeah, and and it's also it's like a it's like a human side of it in a way too, to where you look at these guys, they're like larger than life athletes that you look up to, and then when you see Rizzo go shut the fuck up, or like you have Scherzer say, and you're mine, bitch. It's like oh, it's like I talk shit like that too. Yeah, they're doing it. I'm like wow, you that's his wife doesn't allow it. I didn't say who I talked that shit to. Uh, he's he's also correct. <laughs> um, Anthony had one more thing. This comment's a little old, but this is when we were talking about the Giants earlier. He makes a good point. Anthony goes um, when Dave and I were talking about being sad Giant fans. Anthony says, don't be sad. Be proud, Dave. Being a Giants fan had good times. Two Super Bowls in your lifetime, and it's true, nothing from the Rangers or the Mets. But those two Giants Super Bowls were fire. That's the thing about it. That's that's where it gets weird with being a Rangers and Giants fan because the Rangers have been consistently good. I mean, I know they went through the rebuild, but that was a pretty quick, quick rebuild for fire on, on NHL standards. But the Giants just don't get the respect that they deserve as a franchise. They don't. Because people count, even when they won those two Super Bowls, both those years, people counted, they didn't just count them out. They they painted them as like this embarrassment to the league. And Eli Manning came in and beat Tom Brady twice. Twice. So, uh, why? That's I, know segue. Nick, I know Nick Foles did it, but fuck him. That's a that's a great segue because I wanted to talk about the Giants a little bit. Uh, the first thing Can I'll I, say is e- I Eli want Manning- to take a quick commercial break real quick. I got to get these commercials in. Uh, uh, be right back, fellas. The fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. CD Lamb is good, but have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with the Performance Package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Tom Brady didn't come out of retirement for you to have hairy balls. So slot it at the quarterback and get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. It's time to put the PP back in a PPR league. 
Oh, that's one of my favorite ones. That's, <laughs> that's a hell of an advertisement. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm over here cracking up at it. It's pretty funny. Uh, Nick, I think you're muted if you're talking. Shit. Yeah, it is. Um, so talking about football, talking about the Giants, uh, Dave, the reason that everybody hated on the Giants when they won those Super Bowls is because Eli Manning was their quarterback and he fucking sucked. Truth of the matter, I'm sorry. Everybody sits there and oh, greatest of all time. He played 8 billion games in a row. He was on a team that won a Super Bowl. Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls as well. He is also not in the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because he wasn't that good. That's why. Eli Manning is Eli. Eli Manning's biggest claim to fame will always be being Peyton's brother. And I love love when Peyton posts stuff about Eli being stupid. I got to strongly disagree with you because Eli Eli Manning Manning only ever led the league in turnovers. He's a top 10 passer of all time. Because the league has loosened up the fucking way that you pass the ball, not because he's actually good at it. You play 15 years in the league, you're going to have the, you're going to be top 10. But then, if especially you, now, but then if where if you look at a wide receiver the wrong way, it's pass interference. But then, if you're saying that, you you got to take a lot away from Tom Brady then, because he's been protected by the refs his entire career. I, I don't I don't disagree with you about that. I don't disagree with you about that at all. But the only difference is is that Tom Brady actually has led the league in something. He actually has a league MVP. Okay, I think Eli Manning has only ever got drafted in the first round because his brother is Peyton Manning and his father's Archie Manning. If he wasn't last name Manning. He would have been drafted in the third round. No, no, that sounds personal. This sounds personal. He ended up going to the Giants, and he no, was- actually, he went. He ended up going to the Chargers, and then he cried like a little bitch. Okay, instead of thanking God that he gets to play a game for a living, he cried like a little pussy until he got his way. And Nick, guess what? Those tears brought me two rings. Philip Rivers oh. would have brought you four. He would no not way. have brought. Me no four. way. No, no Rivers actually led the league in things other than turnovers. No way. No. no. Yeah, absolutely. Eli <laughs> Manning couldn't spell. Listen, Eli Manning's name is Eli because his parents knew anything more than three letters would be too much for him. Oof. He's he's digging deep today. This I'm is personal. Listen, I, this a guy didn't speak his first word until he was three years old. I can't. I can't. Believe that's not a saved, joke. That's a fact. I can't believe you saved all this to go in on the Giants and not the Mets. This is what's. That's what's shocking but me. The Mets are good. <laughs> The Mets are good. Anytime the Mets have actually like done anything, they've actually been good. Eli Manning has only ever been good at giving the ball to the wrong team. I'll never forget in that preseason game when Jim Leonard busted his skull open and he started bleeding and he grabbed his head and he was like, what is this red stuff coming out of my head? Eli Wait, Manning has permanent confused George Bush face. Wait, Nick, who, who's your team again? I'm a Jets fan. And you, while, want, you want to talk about turnovers in the Hall of Fame. You have Joe Namath in the Hall of Fame. And You're right, and for five years, he was the greatest quarterback in the NFL. But he also, then, threw, he also threw more interceptions than touchdowns. At, absolutely, because of the, every year he played other than those five years. But for four or five years, look at his stats. It's Joe Namath, 16 million feet of crap, and then the rest of the NFL. Like, without a doubt, he was the best quarterback in the league. Eli Manning was never undoubtedly top 10. But look, but also look at who Eli Manning was playing against too. He was he was playing against some insane I'm sorry. quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger was not so freaking incredible as a quarterback that Eli Manning shouldn't have been able to edge him out. He really wasn't. But if you look, look at his style, it wasn't so impressive. He didn't take over the game. He played within his system. He had a good surrounding cast and outstanding defense. Basically, Ben Roethlisberger is what Eli Manning could have been if he was a little bit more mobile and knew which team to throw to. 
But look at Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning's playoff stats. That's when it matters. You're right. Ben Roethlisberger has what? Three Super Bowls? Two. Two? And he... I... No, no, no. Wait. Does he have two or three? I think I thought he had three, but I could I, be he mistaken. Won, he won one. He won. He won in oh oh five, and then in oh and then oh nine against the Cardinals. Um, they didn't win again after that, did they? Uh, I forgot. I could have sworn he had three, or maybe I'm thinking two. of the sexual assault cases. Oh, oh zing! Yeah, he he's a two time Super Bowl champion. But but again, two time Super Bowl champion, right? Two time NFL passing yards leader. Right. That's something Eli Manning does not have. Bro, Eli Manning is the one in 18 and one. That's, That's it. That's great. His team is the one. Eli Manning is a member of the team. The kicker is also part of that 18 and one. But he's also the Super Bowl MVP. Because his last name was Manning. Anybody on the defense oh. should have been the MVP of both those Super Bowls. The defense won those championships. But name the name defense won the I'll say it, the defense won those championships and miraculous catches from Manningham and fucking who was it? Tyree? And the thi- no, and the thing That's is, it. I, I closed his eyes, and threw the ball downfield, and Tyree caught it on his helmet. No, God no, bless. No, the him. thing is, I agree with the statement that offense wins games, defense wins championships. Don't get me wrong. But can you tell me one more valuable player on that team, on both teams, than Eli I Manning. Michael Strahan and O.C. Uminora are both more valuable than, than Eli Manning. No. That, that's like saying that Joe Flacco was more valuable than Ray Lewis. So you're saying, are you saying that if Nick Foles was our quarterback those two years, we would Yes, we yes, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I'm absolutely. saying if Mark Sanchez was your fucking quarterback those two years, you would have won the Super Bowl. No, don't, don't, don't that's what I'm that. saying. No, don't. Because Mark Sanchez was... The Jets, if they had a pass rush that year, go to the Super Bowl. No, there's no way. Those two years that Mark Sanchez went to the AFC Championship game before the Giants won their second Super Bowl, at that point, the Jets had won more playoff games than the, than the Giants had in the previous in the, in the, the that ten year time frame. Mark Sanchez had more playoff victories than Eli Manning at one point in his career. But who came out with more rings in that ten year? I got that again. The Jets were one pass rusher away from being in a Super Bowl. Okay. If they had Michael Strahan or OCU Minora on those Jets teams, they go to the Super Bowl. Let me let me make one thing clear too. I'm not a person that thinks that the David Tyree catch was the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. I'm not. The Manningham catch was so much better to get his feet in, but that throw by Eli was the most perfect throw you've ever seen in NFL history. That's yeah. not true at all because the throw that Roethlisberger threw to Santonio Holmes in the back of the end zone against the Cardinals, that was the most perfect throw I've ever seen in no, NFL history. He was also out of bounds. Yeah, but replay showed he wasn't. He was out no, he was out of bounds. Replay shows that he is And, out of and honestly, the whole Manningham thing, the Giants shouldn't have been in the Super Bowl that year because they should have lost the game to the 49ers when I, w- I want to say it was uh Brandon Jacobs fumbled the ball, but they blew the whistle before he fumbled it because I don't know, they felt like it. I, I don't know they the rest blew of the whistle. They are because they chose to, not because it was required. Like he was in the process of moving forward, and they were like, "Nah, fuck that shit," and they blew a whistle right when he fumbled the ball, and they were like, "Oh, sorry, dude, we already it called it." It doesn't make a difference. The whistle's, the whistle's blown. That goes for all sports that involve a whistle. If the whistle's blown, the play is dead. Yeah, the giant. The Giants got helped out by the ref there, but again, Eli Manning's a shit quarterback, and ho- and he'll get to the Hall of Fame because his last name is Manning, not because he was good at all. Top seven Again, Jim Plunkett has two Super Bowls. Top seven. Did he beat Tom Brady? Did he beat Tom Brady? 
Jim, Jim Again, show me the play where Eli Manning is on the field at the same time as Tom Brady. Dude, it, no, it's Eli he didn't beat the Tom captain Brady. of he the, beat the team. Patriots defense. But everything, no, well, if Brady didn't do what he had Brady's to do. Brady's not playing and, safety for the New England Patriots. Right, but here's it. All right, so when, when, when there's a pitching duel, right? But that's only – wait, hold on. That's only because in baseball you attribute wins and losses to pitchers. Just like in hockey you attribute wins and losses to goalies. So they technically beat each other, but they didn't really beat each other. But wins and losses but in football, really the quarterback matter. doesn't get a W. Wins, wins and losses don't really matter in baseball, especially when it comes Listen, to the Cy Young Award. Again, it doesn't anymore, but once upon a time it did because you pitched the whole game like a goalie plays a whole game in hockey. That's why a goalie gets a fucking W in hockey because he plays the entire game. Once right, upon a time, Patriots played the entire game. But if Eli helps his team score more so does the kicker. than the other team. So does the running back. So does the kicker. So do the wide receivers. Yeah, but Eli's the center. The quarterback's the center. No, technically the, the center is the center. That's why they call him the center. No, but the quarterback is the center of the team. Again, it, with, with that defense, that running game, I, anybody would have won the World Series. I mean, excuse me, the Super Bowl. Eli Manning is not special, all right? That's why he only ever led the league. Go look at his Wikipedia page. Go look at his football reference. He only ever led the league in turnovers. He never led the league in any other meaningful stat except for interceptions. But you also have to look at the quarterbacks he was he was battling against that year. The quarterbacks that. on the other teams did not make him throw turnovers. No, and I, I, I agree with that, but the difference is, first of all, but he was one of the most... When we talk about greatness, we talk about the people you're compared to, your peers, right? Yeah. So if everybody was better than him, then he clearly wasn't great. If you, I, I guarantee, you, if you look at both those years that he was playing, he was playing quarterback, and he wasn't top whatever in anything, top whatever in anything. You look at his playoff stats to the quarterbacks that were in his peer group. He blows them out of the fucking water. I'm almost positive he only made the playoffs those two years they won the Super Bowl. And I will agree with you. The only reason all those other quarterbacks made the the playoffs way more times. And I agree. With their you. stats overall are probably better because they I, had more appearances. I agree with you that the reason that we made the playoffs was because of that defense. But the reason we won those Super Bowls was because majority of how Eli was throwing. Because was, because Tom Brady was frantic, and if you buzz his tower, he has bad games. And doesn't, if you but buzz Tom Brady's tower, he has bad games. That's a fact. All right, so so look at it this way. Like you just said, if Tom Brady has a bad game, there's still uh, the kicker and the running back to score points. But even if even with that, you still have to be on point to get the ball into their hands in, in a way. You need to drive I, down the field to get that kicker in field goal range. I don't disagree with you, right? What I'm saying is, and every Giants fan is afraid to admit it, you were all threatening to hang this man from the nearest lamppost before the 2007 Super Bowl win. Not true whatsoever. Every single Giants fan went and bought their Eli jerseys at Models after they won the Super Bowl. You all hated this kid, okay? You won the Super Bowl, and you were like, oh, my God, he's the greatest thing ever. And he's not. He's just just not, all right? And then you talk about, well, look who he had to compete against. Then he wasn't the best. If he had to compete against better players and they were all better, we're agreeing they're all better, then he wasn't the best in his generation. He just won two Super Bowls because he was on a team that won two Super Bowls. That's like saying Luis Soho is the best fucking utility infielder of all time because he was on a Yankee team that won three championships. But we're not – okay. 
The reason we love him so much is because he's the best Giants quarterback ever. No, no, he's not. Phil Simms was a better quarterback. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Phil Simms was a better quarterback. Based on your your Giants fan comment about we all bought our jerseys after he won the Super Bowl, I have a photo from 2006 of me, me meeting Eli Manning for the first time when I was eight years old, and he signed in my jersey, and the whole team passed the ball around. So that comment for me is completely irrelevant. That's Listen, I, I was sitting in, in practice with a whole bunch of Giants fans, and they're like, yo, fuck this guy. I hate this guy. I, that, that's just not me. I I stuck. I, and so, I stuck. so here's my question for you guys. Take away those two Super Bowl championships. Is Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame? No. Probably not. There, no. there it is. So he's not a great quarterback. Period. Is, is Phil Rivers going to be in the Hall of Fame? No. He didn't win two Super Bowls. You know what? That might be their only reason, and that sucks. Because he was a top that's, ten quarterback his entire career. Based on how they how they how they ran. He, he was a top ten quarterback his entire career. What about Big Ben? Without his two Super Bowls, you put him in the in the Hall of Fame? Statistically, yeah. He he was the league's passing he's a passing leader at least twice in his career. And then he has two Super Bowls on top of it. And he was no, offensive no, rookie no, of the year. No, say you take and, out the and, Super and Bowl. he was offensive rookie of the year, too. Take out the Super Bowls. Yeah. And and how Barola was the rookie of the year when he beat Matsui. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? That's great. But I'm saying is Ben Roethlisberger was rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, right? Offensive rookie of the year. Right. And then he was the passing leader twice. All right. How wasn't, many years did he play? Wasn't Odell and he's a six-time pro bowler. Wasn't Odell rookie of the year? Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah. And if he never got injured, he would have had a Hall of Fame career. Shit. Giants fans were saying he was going to be better than fucking Jerry Rice when he, when he won rookie of the year. Okay. I have a question for you here. If he doesn't have Eli Manning as his quarterback for the first. Yes, he's still better. Yes, absolutely. He's still no, better. He, he would not have had. Because Matthew Stafford is not a great fucking quarterback, and he looked great last year playing with Matthew Stafford. He played for three games. And he looked great in those three games playing with Matthew that's Stafford. Three, but that's three games versus three seasons. Again, he still looks good either way. That's, see, No. If if he has a mediocre quarterback the first couple years of his of his career, he's not who he is. He's not able to make those plays. I mean, he he did have a mediocre quarterback the first three years of his career. He didn't though. It was he the end of play. Eli's career. He wasn't fucking great. He yeah, but he was even if he was a great quarterback, it was the end of his career. He wouldn't be great. But it's it, like it, sitting it, there saying that fucking twenty two year old or twenty five year old Roger Clemens is the same as forty year old Roger Clemens. It's not the same. Like he was still throwing textbook Eli Manning throws. Yeah, to the opposing team. I know. That's why they sat his ass. Oh, my God. But moving on, <laughs> I want, what, I, what I wanted to talk about with the Giants is Kayvon Thibodeau gets injured on a cut block this He's week. Fine. He's fine. All right. Luckily, he wasn't injured. Now, there's a big debate going along in, in the football world, football community, about whether or not that block was dirty. Now, before I get into my position on it, I will say that I've seen a lot of comments on the, the Twitters mainly from offensive linemen saying that it is not a dirty play. Uh, defensive players are saying it is a dirty play. Dave, what are your thoughts? It was borderline, but I'm also, when it comes to plays like that, I'm also, I, I have an old school mindset where just fucking deal with it. De- like it happened. There's no reason to bitch about it. It happened. You're fine. Whatever. Didn't It didn't get called. Whatever. Well, so it's a it's a legal play. It's absolutely yes. legal. No, it, it is. But I understand where people are coming from when they think it was dirty. But 
I'm also like part of me wants to say it is dirty because I'm a Giants fan. There's no doubt in my mind because I'm the biggest homer anyone's ever met. But there's also the side of me that says, get the fuck over it. And that, but that's, that when, when you like, let's let again, let's compare it to hockey. You're watching that, that Pittsburgh series. And you saw all the shit that Pittsburgh fans were bitching about with dirty plays with Jacob Trubo. We dealt with it all year. And none of them were dirty. I mean, the Carolina hit, maybe it was borderline dirty, but it really wasn't. It was a textbook hockey hit. You, you got to keep in mind that it's a contact sport and shit like that is going to happen. So okay. I, it, it, it's tough because I, I've never gone in depth this much on a preseason play in my entire life. But I don't, I don't think it was a dirty play. I really don't. I don't. Matt? I don't think it was dirty. <clears throat> a little unnecessary to maybe. That's the word I was looking for make a tackle like that during the preseason. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's football. You know, we hear all the time, all the injuries, CTE bullshit and how football players don't necessarily have long careers like you would in baseball or basketball or even hockey. And like, I think preseason stupid to begin with, you know, but that's, a different thing. I don't think it was dirty. And this is a Giants fan. I uh, I absolutely think it was dirty. And I'll tell you why. While it is a legal play, right? Uh, I've noticed that the offensive linemen that played in the NFL are the first ones to say that it's not dirty. Now, the reason that they're doing they're saying it's not dirty is not because they truthfully feel that way. It's more because they did it their entire career and they don't want to be called dirty. But I agree with that. I and and here's my here's my biggest sticking point with the whole thing. While it might be considered within the confines of the of the rules, if a coach came up to you and said, "This is what you're going to do. You're going to throw a block, cut across, throw a block. I want you to aim for his knee." Would that sound okay to you? That's like a that's like a karate kid sweep the leg type. Sweep thing. the fucking leg, all right? Now, to me, it's in the confines of the rules, but as a man, to me, that sounds dirty. And I'll, and I'll go one further. I equate it to boxing. You equated it to hockey. I equate it to boxing. If you know your opponent cannot see, right, but the ref doesn't stop the fight, does that make it for you? Make it okay for you as a man and a competitor to beat the shit out of the guy when you know he cannot see, but the but the referee is too stupid to call the fight. I mean, if you're a man. In that situation, I think you're just gonna knock him the fuck out. But uh, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, yeah, that's that's the only answer. I, it's, not, it's not. Like, I'll tie him up. I'll tie him up until the end of the round, and then when they go have medical staff look at him, and they'll be like, he can't fucking see. I'll give an example. There was an MMA fight where a guy was visibly fucked up, and the referee would not call the fight. His opponent bent over and tapped the ground and said, I quit. I'm not going to fight this guy. I could kill him right now. He cannot compete with me. And they asked him, like, why'd you do that? He's like, he's fucked up. The referee didn't call the fight. That's not, I'm not going to hurt him because he can't fight and the referee won't call it. He's hurt. If a coach came up to me as a player and was like, what I want you to do is aim for that guy's knees and try to, like, fuck him up real bad. No, you don't do it. That was All right? Like it's the Bill Goldberg situation. 
It's the Bill Gold. Sorry you weren't athletic. And all the offensive linemen are sitting there saying he, he didn't put himself in a good position to take on that block. Sorry you weren't athletic enough to stop me from fucking being reckless. That's basically what it was. That that's that that's Bill Goldberg kicked Bret Hart in the face, and his apology was, "I'm sorry, you're not athletic enough to stop me from being unsafe in the ring." That's what every offensive lineman said. Was he didn't put himself in a position to receive that block, so I'm sorry that you weren't athletic enough to receive the dirty fucking rule, the dirty move I was going to make. Because again, I don't think there's any NFL or any football coach in the in football. From Pop Warner to the NFL, it goes, what you're going to do is you're going to take this block and you're going to aim at the guy's ACL. Well, didn't the Saints have that issue? Like, Yeah, Bounty know. Gate? Yeah, Bounty Gate, Street. yeah. Yeah. Because that, that, that's what he did. If you look at the replay, he aims his shoulder at Thibodeau's knee. I'm not a Giants fan. by any. I'm not a homer. I'm just sitting there going, like, as a player, he didn't even try to block him. He just tried to throw his shoulder at the man's leg. Now, as a person that has knee injuries in my life, like to me, that's not cool. If I was Thibodeau, I would have stopped halfway and punched him in the freaking throat because, you know, he has a helmet on. Punching him in the head would be stupid. Yeah, I got to say, and I'm sure, Matt, you'll agree with me, too. Watching that play was a was a scary sight as a Giants fan. Listen, as an, a person that was, has been injured in the knee, it terrified me I because I could feel every past knee injury I ever received in that, like, I relived it, and my knees hurt just watching. Because... I'm not saying that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be our saving grace, but I think he's going to be part of the rebuild, a big part of it. You want to at least find out. Exactly. And, you know, you got, you got, you got, you got a lot to look forward to with this season. I I know everyone's predicting the giants to be a shit team again. And I, I, I don't know what to expect, but you got Saquon rebounding. It's his last shot. And you got Brian Dable as the head coach, and you got him working with Daniel Jones, and he's worked a lot with Josh Allen. So you got that to look forward to to see if he can really, if if he's if he's legit, because it, he, I know he brought Josh Allen up from the bottom, but let's see what he can do with Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones, I just want to bring this up too, he hasn't been given his shot yet. Three offenses in four years, there's no quarterback that can deal with that. There's none. <sighs> He just I feel like he shouldn't he shouldn't have been drafted to the no, team. No, he shouldn't have. The fact that they drafted a quarterback from Duke is fucking ridiculous. I was gonna say that. I don't because have if to you look, if you look at the draft class the next year, ten times different. They could have gotten someone so much better. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. I don't think he really is a bad quarterback. Is he average? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a great quarterback because I don't think anyone does that. That would be ridiculous for saying that. But he also hasn't given – he hasn't been given his shot yet. Because – I agree. Because you look at, you look at Tom Brady. I, let's, just, let's just bring up Tom Brady again. He doesn't have built – if he had three offenses in the first four years of his career as a – like coming in in the spot that he was supposed to fill with Drew Bledsoe, he's not Tom Brady. Well, to to be fair, Tom Brady also played football at Michigan when they were really good. Absolutely, yeah. But he, he didn't play at Duke. And when I say play at Duke, I mean play football at Duke. Not if he would have played basketball at Duke, draft Daniel Jones in the first round, first pick overall. But he played football. You don't play football at Duke University because you're good at football. Don't get me wrong, Nick. I completely disagree with that draft pick. I do. He was available in the second round. There was no other team in the NFL that was taking him in the first round. And I still don't understand why we took him. 
And it put him in a bad spot too. Cause now everybody's looking at him like, dude, you were a first rounder. If he's a second rounder, people aren't talking about getting rid of him. And again, going off of like last chance things, it's, it's Saquon's last shot. Did because, you guys see his quotes today? Oh yeah. yeah. He, said, he said, I think he was talking at you guys specifically, the two of you. Oh, he <laughs> what, was did he not. what did he say? Do you not, you don't know what Saquon said today? He no, said, I, uh, he said, I missed it. He, I, 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 I'm probably not quoting it correctly, but he basically said, like, all the haters, like, fuck them. I'll draft him in the first round in fantasy. At, I did it last with year. the ninth pick. I did it last year and I was an idiot. <laughs> I'm not a hater. He won me he a championship said, uh, his uh, rookie year in, uh, in fantasy. I dominated, I think. I had, him, I, had him, I had him his rookie year too, and he was, you, you remember watching him. So it he was, said, it was uh, fun. It was fun to watch. And he that, said in- that pass that Odell made to him. Oh my God. That Odell was- could play quarterback for the Giants better than David, uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, today, uh, he said, people are trying to write me off. You know what? Fuck everybody. I'm ready to go crazy and I'm going to let the world feel me. I don't think he's talking about Giants fans because Giants. No, no, he was talk- no, he wasn't talking about you two in particular. He said, fuck everybody. He meant you two, yeah. Matt and Dave. <laughs> yeah, I think that was everybody he met Matt and Dave. Because I, I'm sc- like I scroll through TikTok and you see all these just you, you see all these dudes that make like football TikToks and everything. And as soon as as soon as the Giants pop up on anything, they're like because they're trying to build like the 17 and 0 team. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, um, it's like the the filter it, thing. It generates like a it generates, it generates a random team, team, and you got to build a team. Out of, yeah. Out of it. Rook yeah, did it the as soon as the Giants pop up, they're like, they're like, oh shit, or they're ranking teams or whatever. Yeah, and Anthony did it the other day, and he got the Giants twice, and he was like, oh fuck. No, this is the thing that pisses me off is because one guy made a TikTok about all time franchises and ranking them, and he put the Giants at five, and he put the Titans at three, and I was just like, do you watch football, bro? This guy knows nothing about. He's going based off of Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's. He's a great running back, don't get me wrong, but he's done nothing for his team. Yeah. And he's been there for like five years and they've done yeah. nothing. Five, like, if you were to sit there and say Eddie George, at least Eddie George went to a Super Bowl and lost. I, like, I still think Derrick Henry is the most effective running back in the NFL, but he doesn't have an offensive line. It, it But, it, like, going, just going back on that, it's just like the Giants have won four Super Bowls. There's not a lot of teams that have done even close to that. Put some respect. Hard in the NFL. I just I just want some respect put on the Giants name. No, yeah. listen, I, I I can't sit here and say the Giants are above number five overall for every team in the league no, as far as not. clout. As far as cloud is concerned, you're talking about the Patriots, you're talking about the Packers, you're talking about the Niners, you're talking about the Cowboys, uh Steelers. You know, the Steelers, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are, that they, they got some the Bears back in the eighties were fucking incredible. And so were the Giants in the eighties, were very, very good. Um but uh, it, the, the the Broncos have had very good teams as well. Um, the Bucks have had very good teams as well. And um, I just, I, like as a Giants fan, and Matt, you can agree with me. You just want some respect put on the history that the Giants have. Because yeah, the, the problem is you literally still hold the greatest defensive player ever. The, ever. The, the, and it doesn't even come close to anybody. Like I know people are trying to compare Aaron Donald to Lawrence Taylor. Look at Aaron Donald's highlight tape and the style of play, and then look at Lawrence Taylor's. 
I wouldn't say he was the greatest defensive player ever. Definitely oh. the greatest linebacker ever. I think he's the greatest defensive player. Because there have been there have been safeties that have had more effect on the game than Lawrence Taylor. Until Aaron Donald main events WrestleMania like Lawrence Taylor did, I don't want to hear the comparison. Um, first of all, that's a stupid thing to say because fucking a punter main evented WrestleMania. So what the fuck are we talking about here? I think the greatest football player to ever go on WWE by far was probably Gronk. It was really funny when he went on. When he went on, I like Gronk there. He are was we, there for just, a little, and then he went back to play with Brady, Steve like, Mongo McMichael. Uh, he's not doing too good right now. So do you really? guys? Think, do you guys yeah. think Gronk coming out of retirement? No, I think there's a chance he might. <sighs> I don't think it makes a difference. It, no, it doesn't. And it, uh, at this point, they're they're doing it just for the publicity. I don't think Tom Brady is. I think Gronk is. Because Tom I know Brady's trying to fix his legacy. I think he's going in for another Super Bowl. I'm going to be honest with you. Tom Brady to, and Derek Jeter is doing the same thing. They're both trying to fix their legacy right now. Because nobody had anything nice to say about them as human beings up until they hit like 40 years old. And I, think about that for a second. Derek Jeter is doing this show, The Captain, right now, right? Did you ever hear anybody say anything about how Derek Jeter is a great guy, give you the shirt off his back? I heard that my entire childhood because I always thought. No, you heard him say that he's a great player, great face of the franchise. No, actually, the majority of what I grew up with was that he was overrated and he was a singles hitter. But I mean, that's that's not untrue. But but he's always but he was always a class act. Being classy. Wait, hold on. But being classy in front of a camera does not make you a good person. No, it doesn't. Well, what I always heard when I was younger was that you never had any off-the-field problems with Jeter. They, they yeah, get, he's a class act. There's no off-the-field problems, but which alluded you also that never he heard, guy. But you never also heard any of his teammates say that they loved him and they went to his fucking house for his birthday party or any of that crap. He's fucking Bo Callahan. He's a private If you guy. watch draft day... He's Bo Callahan, where, like, he's a great player. The coaches love him, but nobody shows up to his birthday party because they just don't like him as a person. He's got one friend, Jorge Posada. That's it. I mean, Gerald Williams was his friend. No, Gerald Williams was Bernie Williams' friend. He just said that Gerald Williams was his friend. (sighs) Gerald Williams was Bernie Williams' roommate in in the minor leagues. They both made the majors at the same time. And Bernie made the fucking majors in fucking 1992. So how is he best friends with Derek Jeter, who made the majors four years later? I I can't speak to their friendship. Yeah. Derek Jeter at this point. Is, <laughs> listen, I just want to point out. Have you noticed within the last five years, Derek Jeter and Tom Brady have been very vocal on Twitter in a very jokey kind of uh, light compared to the previous times of their lives where they never said a fucking word on Twitter? I got to get I got to give Tom Brady credit. He's a funny guy. He I, is. Yeah, because he's got somebody running his Twitter that makes him fucking genius. All right. Tom Brady was a tool bag his entire life. And then he got to the point, he got to the Andrew Carnegie, uh, John D. Rockefeller situation where he was a scumbag his whole fucking life. And now it's coming toward the end. And he looks back and he realizes nobody had anything nice to say about him as a person other than he was a great businessman. So like Carnegie started building Carnegie Hall, Rockefeller built Rockefeller Center so that people would have nice things to say about them when they stopped talking about them. Well, right. Like up to that point. It was all based on what they did on the field, never about who they were as human beings. Do you guys agree that 
I, this might be a little off topic, that he solidified his greatness as the best quarterback of all time when he won a Super Bowl with the Bucs. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Because I said he was a system quarterback up to that point. Yeah. and Because – because Matt Castle looked amazing playing in the same system. And even, uh, I want to say Jacoby Brissett looked great for about four games playing under the same system. And yeah, I, Garoppolo I mean, too. I mean, Mac, Mac, I don't know if it's the same system in New England right now. It's probably not just because of this. Him and Mac Jones are very different quarterbacks, but you look at, you look at Mac Jones playing and it's almost like it's, it, it, it's almost like, I mean, I, I didn't really grow up hating New England. The only reason I hated New England is my best friend and my neighbor. Growing up as a kid was a New England fan. And would you grow up? New York. You should have set that kid's house on fire. Uh, his dad's from Foxborough, so I respected it. That's no, no. You're from New York. You hate everything Boston. Everything. I mean, I don't hate the Red Sox. <laughs> I fucking hate the I hate everything Boston. I hate, if I, I hate. could, I would set the whole state on fire of Massachusetts, except for the Sam Adams factory. They're putting up good numbers. Well, Matt, me and you got no reason to hate the Patriots because we they've never been a problem. I and I've always liked Brady. You know, you know what it is? Matt's Not a, only what, Matt's, hey, hold on. Matt's a front runner. So if you're a really good player at any sport, he really likes you a lot. No, that's so, not that, that's not the definition of a front runner. No, but listen. I, Tom Brady's a great quarterback. I have always wished nothing but bad things for him. Okay. Tom Brady, like, I will not wear the jersey of a player on another team because I root for my teams. I don't wear jerseys for other teams except for oh, Roberto Clemente. But Matt will wear a Tom Brady jersey. I only do that for football. I would never nope. do it. He'll wear a LeBron jersey too. Well, I'm not a Knicks fan. Fuck the Knicks. I don't even like basketball. And I don't whether, even know whether you like basketball or not. This is fucking New York. You have to root for the Knicks. I spent $25 on some bullshit Chinese website for that LeBron jersey. Oh my! So you admit you have a LeBron jersey. Scumbag. Yes, I admit it. Heat. With the heat. Everyone had it at that point. I I don't. I did it. I know you did. I I don't. By the way, all my jerseys are Chinese. Fuck fanatics and fuck everyone else. I don't even follow basketball to know who that is, to be honest. So I, I don't follow basketball either, but you should know who John Starks is, scumbag. No, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know that guy's first name either. I don't watch basketball at all. Well, to be fair, Dave, he, he stopped playing for the Knicks before you were born, so you get a pass. Yeah, but I still know a lot of a lot of sports history. I just don't but, know basketball history. But fucking, but Matt should know better because John Starks was playing for the Knicks back when the Knicks were making the finals. I didn't watch basketball. Shame on you! What? It's because it's because there it's because there weren't enough white people playing basketball. That's why he didn't watch basketball. Wow! Wow! <laughs> That's... Wow! He's like, why should I wow. watch this? Clearly, I'm not represented. Wow! That's that is not the case. I was it was a Yankee and Giants household when I grew up. It was never basketball. I didn't care about basketball when I got to high school and the Lakers were in the the finals. My boy would come over. We would watch the finals, and then that's it. I didn't care for it. Bro, you could not watch a full basketball game, put on the last five minutes, and that's when it's most interesting. I agree. I, I agree. don't disagree with you. Listen, I'm not a basketball fan. I just don't root for ta- for teams that don't represent me, and I'm represented by New York because I'm from New York. There's only Absolutely. one team that I root for. I take it back. There's two teams that I root for that I'm not from that town. I wanted to go to Florida State University because they have a circus, um, and I you figured fit right in. I would have fit right. Exactly. I could have joined the circus. Like if it didn't work out in college, at least I'm an awesome trapeze artist. That is true. 
but I'm Nick, poor, so I couldn't afford to go to school there. Nick, that's funny that you say that because uh, the I guess the unofficial basketball, the college basketball team that I root for is West Virginia because um, I committed to West Virginia when I graduated high school and I never went. I thought you were going to say because you had thoughts about marrying your cousin. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> when it comes to that, I'm still a New Yorker, I promise. <laughs> And then, and then I root for the Washington Nationals because uh, for a time when they were the Expos, they were playing in Puerto Rico, and I didn't want them to get rid of the franchise. If you remember, Matt, they were talking about getting rid of the Twins and the Expos. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want them to get rid of any Major League Baseball teams, and I figured, well, the only way for them not to get rid of the team is would be to like root for that team, right? Watch their games, buy their merchandise. Support then they'll, they're not going to get rid of the team if you support them. Now I'm all for getting rid of the Oakland Athletics, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and Tampa Bay Rays. I'm already for getting rid of the fucking Seattle Kraken. <laughs> Fuck that team. <laughs> and the Phoenix and the Phoenix Coyotes. And not even the Coyotes, because I I honestly feel really bad for the for the fans that actually show up to those games. All six of them, because they have because they have some really sad history, but they still show up. <laughs> you go, you go, you go. I, I just want to meet the guy that was like hockey you know where we should play it fucking desert <laughs> what the? by the way i know this isn't really a thing anymore but fuck paul biznet yeah you fuck him about biz nasty yeah fuck biz nasty Dude, that was three months ago fuck him okay i'm you all right with it fucking coyotes okay that's where you solidified your fucking legacy is the fucking Phoenix Coyotes, not even Arizona. <laughs> but uh, one last thing before we go, uh, be- talk about basketball. KD staying with the Nets after demanding a trade, then demanding the coach be fired, and then, I don't know, demanding a uniform change. I don't know. He was demanding. He's made a lot of demands. Uh, I think he demanded they change the wood on the court to a different <laughs> grain. Uh, possibly he demanded that the rim get changed to a different color. I, I don't know. I, he made a lot of demands. I know that they acquiesced to absolutely none of them, and he signed a new deal with the Nets to stay. What's your thoughts on that a guy demanding a trade and then signing a deal to stay? As a fan, what are your thoughts on it? What, regardless of whether or not it's basketball, fuck him, fuck him. That's it. KD is too young to be a bitter crybaby like Bret Hart. If 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 you ask me, like Just Bret Hart. So like, and it goes back to like the team bent over backwards to do everything for you. And then like you cause problems. And then I don't know who the player was. If you say his name, I'll probably know. But another player, not on the net, tweeted out saying that, um, not this KD bullshit is over now, you know, Let's get shit going so like other players could get signed and stuff like that. And then KD just KD just responded hashtag uh, blame KD. So it's like, dude, it's it, it everything that did happen was you know the cause of you. You did cause all this shit, and this is why I'm glad I don't fucking follow basketball because even in football you have oh I'm demanding a trade. I signed this contract, but it needs to be reworked. And I know, Nick, you agree. You said this before. 
A contract is a binding document. You knew what was entailed before you signed it. If you didn't want to play in Brooklyn, you shouldn't have signed the contract to go to Brooklyn. That's it. And I feel bad for Sal because, you know, at one point in time, any New York team slash New Jersey team that had ETS in it, Jets, Mets, Nets, really weren't that respected that much or were always joked about. The Jets are getting serious. The Mets are serious. And now the Nets still look like a fucking joke. It's like and, 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 and they were looking good for a minute for a, a real good minute. They of all the teams in New York, when they got when they got Kyrie and they got KD uh, and they had Harden, they were looking like they were contenders for of all the teams in New York. They were going to win a championship next. Yes, and it absolutely went to shit. It did. But Dave, what are your thoughts? So Nick, I actually had a question for you. If someone on the Rangers was acting like KD was, I know for a fact, me, you. Rook and TJ would be on the podcast ripping the shit out of them for that. It's D'Angelo. Well, it, it's D'Angelo. I, I think it's worse than D'Angelo. I think it's worse. Yeah, that's true. D'Angelo never asked for a trade. No, and D'Angelo never asked for all these fucking stupid demands that he wants. Yep. And I'm like, again, I'm not a basketball fan. I don't follow it whatsoever, but I obviously know who Kevin Durant is. But you put him on. You put him on the Rangers, you put him on the Mets, you put him on the Giants. I'm denouncing that motherfucker as soon as he opens his goddamn mouth. Because yeah. you are – they are the – I'm not going to say that they're the luckiest, but they are, that they were – they're able to develop that talent to make that much fucking money. And all all you want to do as a fan is enjoy it. But when someone's acting like a an absolute douchebag and, and representing not just your team but New York itself – New Yorkers take pride in their sports teams. Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that guy's representing New York sports right now, and that's a fucking disgrace. Yeah, yeah, I, I concur. I think, I think as a, as a fan, you definitely don't want it. I mean, you kind of take it personally when somebody says they don't want to play for you, uh, right? Because well, you, you, you're. The first con- thing I'm thinking is is go fuck yourself, go somewhere else. I don't want you anymore. I don't care. I don't care. Let's say let's say Tom Brady was on the Giants. And he said, I don't want to play here anymore. I tell him to go kick rocks. See ya. I, I think that's how a lot of Packers fans feel about Aaron Rodgers right now. I have, I have a couple of buddies out in, in, uh, in, they live in Wisconsin. And my, one of my buddy, my buddy, uh, Crash is like, yo, fuck Aaron Rodgers. Like, well, he causes uncle, more problems and we haven't won any uh, fucking Super Bowls. We won one Super Bowl with that guy. Fuck him. My uncle's a diehard Packers fan. He's, and I'm pretty sure he feels the same way that he's just, it's they, it just it's not worth it. He grew up, and his 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 favorite quarterback was Bart Starr, and that guy was a, the definition of a class act. Mm. And you, you grow up with guys like that, and same thing with Brett Favre. He was a class act too. He up until the end, he loved playing for Green Bay, but I mean, he just wanted to keep playing, and it, it just didn't work out. But you know, it's it, it you don't want, it, the fact that you don't want to play for the greatest city in the world. And you're bitching about it, you can go fucking kick rocks. You're playing in the greatest city, greatest sports city in the world. Fuck Boston. I I always say people, I always tell people, if you win in New York, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Even if you almost win in New York, you can do whatever you want. You look at somebody like uh, Derek Jeter could murder the mayor of New York City in Times Square and probably get away with it. Could Eli Manning do that? No, he would. <laughs> he, he would accidentally pull the trigger and like kill himself by accident. Oh, oh, there we go. 
You know what? <laughs> you know what, though? It's true what they say about New York. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. That's it. It is. It's it's true. I'll say this. We had we had the most famous special teams coordinator in all of football on our show. And I'm not going to sit here and say, like, well, he's only famous because he was with the Jets. But it's a lot of exposure being the coach for the being a coach for the Jets. Oh, it's well, it's a lot of exposure. I mean, if you're associated with any team, I think it gives you a decent amount of exposure. It does when it's in New York, though. It's 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 on another level. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's 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 stupid how much scrutiny, how much attention they pay to you. Like if you walk in the wrong direction, if you jaywalk, there's a fucking article in the newspaper about it. Like if you're playing for fucking Arizona, if you're playing for fucking Dallas, like you're not hearing about it on the East Coast when somebody on the West Coast fucks up. Yeah. No. Well, uh, unless it's big, like with Tatis. Like when it's something. No, no, no. But that, it, it would have to. I'm talking about. Oh, you mean like something small? Like what, what Glaber did yesterday made national news. If somebody on the Padres did that shit, we're not seeing it. Gotcha. That's true. Yeah. Like true. Let, let, let's put, uh, honestly, let's put Tatis. Let's swap him with Francisco Lindor. Lindor does that. It's a way bigger deal than if Tatis does it. You know it. what? I'm gonna be Dave's 100 percent right. Tatis you know did that. The majority of people in the baseball community, they we know about it. If you're not a baseball fan, you have no fucking clue. But if he played for the Yankees or for the Mets, oh, you know, you heard about it. The thing is, and the the, the part where it gets kind of weird is that Tatis is a way more well known player than Lindor. But you would know so much more about it if, I mean, you don't even put Lindor in that situation. You could have. I don't even know. You could put Daniel Vogelbach in that situation. I mean, people would know about it. Yeah. The whole baseball community would know about it. it. It's it's because we have 35 newspapers in New York. Exactly. We're the Mecca. We're the Mecca. Honestly, everything revolves around New York. The time zone, the Eastern time zone, I feel like no matter where you live, that's the generic standard for time. You know, the stock market, everything opens up at our time over here and you know it's it's just so much more uh, i guess integral yeah did, there you you go. Imagine, did you guys imagine watching football at 10 o'clock in the morning fuck that oh well it, 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 think of it this way the all-star game was played where this year cali right in cali what time did it start five o'clock cali time yeah started eight o'clock eastern well, yeah, going based on what time everything everything starts prime time Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, eight o'clock. Granted, we we have more people. The more people live on the East Coast than live on the West Coast, but that's it's just not a coincidence. It really isn't. There's no reason and people can't move across the country. Should pick up on that and just start their games at seven thirty. On on, or well, 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 what well they kind of do. Ranger games start at seven. Yeah, no, I I meant to put that. Uh, I meant to say they should start their games at four thirty, so we can watch it at a normal fucking time. Oh yeah, that's not that they don't do that with baseball either. They fucking start no, the games at ten o'clock at fucking it, night, and I gotta stay up till one a.m. watching baseball. And we still do it. We still show up. I don't. I I gave up. I'm old. I'm thirty five now. Fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Even right now, this is late for me. Eleven o'clock. I'm ready to. Uh, uh. Yeah, I hear you. Pack it in, and, but and with that, I think we covered uh, everything except for hockey. Hockey starts in what? How many days, Dave? Uh, I think we got Braden Schneider left. 
45. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, one hockey highlight, uh, Sebastian Ajo from the Islanders was arrested for drinking while uh, under the influence in Finland. So, no, excuse me, in Sweden. Driving, driving while under the influence? Yeah, so he it was a point zero two, which is against the law in, in, in Sweden. Point zero two isn't that pretty high? No. Point oh, zero eight no. is the legal limit in, in America. Uh, I was thinking, I thought it was he wasn't even good. trying hard enough. I so I point, was... point two would have been through the roof. No, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yes, point two would have been over double the legal limit. He blew yeah, point zero two and was arrested in Sweden. Jeez. Or or Finland. Happened. I forget which one is which. One of the Sebastian Ajos that plays in the NHL plays for the Islanders, and he was arrested. Uh, and I didn't talk about it last week because I wasn't on. I was out sick with COVID last week. Uh, but uh, Jacob Trouba is the captain of the New York Rangers, and uh, Kakpo Kako signed his uh, contract with the Rangers. I believe it was a one. It was two years uh, one way. Both very good news. Yep. But uh, unless you guys have anything else to bring up before we depart. Um, no, I think I think we covered everything. Um, right. I I had a great time. I, I did as well. I, I love seeing Dave. Dave Absolutely. Dave always makes me happy. Matt, I it's always a pleasure doing business with you guys. Tell us where we can find you. Uh, uh my uh, Twitter Twitter name is uh, at three period bourbon, and just follow me for. It's summertime right now, so mainly I'm just drinking beer and smoking meat, and I'm <laughs> tweeting about the Rangers still. So if if you like. Drink a beer, smoke a meat, and the New York Rangers, follow me. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Matt, Rasslin Addicts. You could find me at Rasslin, R-A-S-S-L-I-N, Addicts. And being that it is the summer, you could also find me drinking and smoking. Yes, sir. Not the meat, though. Hey! Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Nick's never going to have me back. <laughs> I'm still perplexed about the whole smoking meat thing. That's uh, pause. Um, as the oh, kids it's said. barbecue season. Oh, you didn't say that. You said you were smoking meat. All right, it got weird for a second. Well, I meant smoking pork and and beef. Well, yeah. if anyone else is, I did. I was making better, David. No, that, I just realized that sounded way worse. <laughs> If anyone else is questioning what type of meat Davis smoke, and you can check his Twitter because when I was on it earlier, I was scrolling through, I was looking, and it was making me hungry. So your your smoked meat looks really good. Doing my first barbecue competition in November. Ooh, that's well, awesome. Good luck with that on your yeah. barbecue competition. Absolutely. But uh, from all of us here at the Scoreboard X podcast, one last shout out to Miss Olivia. Uh, on her birth, being brought into the world. TJ, have a great time down there in North Cackle, excuse me, South Cackalacky. Uh, we'll catch you again next week. This is Nick with the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at, at Score Addicts Pod and Spotify, Apple Pods, Google Pods, Audible, wherever you can find us. And we'll catch you again next week. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Take care. Stay rock. Stay rock. Stay.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 